Here at Doxaday Bloom, we are excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope that you enjoy today's message. We're going to talk about rest. But let's first pray. Jesus, as we are here tonight, as we're hearing this amazing news, as we are excited for Durban and for what's happening in the future of Central, and we're really excited for what's going to happen tonight as well, Father God, I pray that your rest will just come upon us, Father God, that your rest will be here tonight, that your presence will be um, in our hearts and working through us, not just in this space, but in everyday life. And I pray that, Father God, that those exams that come, that we smash them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That was for you guys. So we're in a series, a really cool series called Five Ways to Rule in Life. And the reason we're in this series is because sometimes, maybe you're like that, sometimes you feel like you might not be ruling in life. Anyone? Maybe it feels like life rules over you. Maybe there's things that are controlling, that are, that are telling you how to live your life, like your diet or your study regime. <laughs> maybe there's things in this life that it's ruling over us. But can I tell you the truth? Is that we were created to rule in life. Look at the person next to you and say, you rule. That was awkward, right? I'm joking. <laughs> but this is what we've been created to do, is to rule. Let's quickly go to Genesis 1, the beginning of your Bible. And it says this, God said, let us make man in our image. Very beautiful thing. According to our likeness. So we are made in the image of God. And then it says, they will suffer and work hard. No, it doesn't say that. It says they will rule. They will rule over all the nice stuff. The sheep in the sky and the crawly crawlies and the stuffies. Spiders. Um, we will rule over everything. And here's the thing, if we were created to rule, why does it feel like we might not be ruling in our finances or in our studies or in our lives or in our fears? Yes, Lord. <laughs> why does it feel like that? Because we're designed to live like that. It's because sometimes we think that, you know, rest is this place where we need to be, you know, tranquil and watch Netflix or something. But there's something more to rest than that. That's not real rest. You see, when we understand the picture of how God created us to rule, it's also this picture of actually working. Who loves working? Oh, mixed feelings in the room, right. And here's the thing. We think work is punishment, but as a matter of fact, it's not. It is something beautiful. God designed us to work. God made us to work. Genesis 2.15, it says this, The Lord God took the man and placed him in the garden of Eden, to do what? To work it, girl. No, I'm joking. To work it and to watch over it. Can I tell you, people always say, no, work is because of sin. No, no, no. This was before sin entered the world. God gave man a thing to do, to work, to tend to the garden. Right? God gave Adam a, a, a design, a purpose. It was part of his design. Why? Because work does one thing. It brings order. Work brings order. How do I know this? Well, I know this because I cut my lawn yesterday. I mowed my lawn yesterday. Right? If you ever own a house one day or if you're ever renting and you have to mow the lawn, make sure you have a very small one. <laughs> okay? It's easier. <laughs> I've got a big lawn and it's nice, but you're, 
it's hard. But have you ever seen when the, when, the, when the grass starts growing and it gets like that height where you're like, ugh, I can't see my dogs anymore. You know? I don't know what's in there. <laughs> I don't want to walk there. My, my garden was in that stage. And I was realizing, okay, it's now or never. Like, I've got to do this. And here's the thing. Wherever God is, there is life, right? True? Remember, wherever God speaks, when he says, let there be light, there's life. Wherever God speaks to people, wherever he engages with people, he brings life to this picture. He brings fullness. And so here's the thing about work, right? We are created to work, to tend to the garden. But God is created, or not created, God created this garden and he controls its growth, right? He controls how it is growing. And here's what work does. Work brings order to what God has created, it actually helps us to bring order to these things around us. Because here's the thing. I don't know about you, but when I cut my lawn, I don't have God pushing the lawnmower. Have anyone seen God mow the lawn? Anyone? Have you seen God tend to the, you know, pruning the, the trees? <laughs> he doesn't do that. Why? Because there's work for us to do. But He brings that life. And imagine for a moment the life that God is pumping into your life, the, 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 the things that He's bringing into your life. Imagine if you could take that, work with it, and bring order to it, bring good things from it, even the bad, even the little bossies that come up, that little flower, it's so irritating. I hate those things. But even that, you can bring order into this world. And we think that work is bad because it's been misplaced by sin. Understanding that it's actually us understanding that we need to rule over things and not allow things to rule over us. Genesis 3.23 says, So Lord, the Lord God sent him away from the Garden of Eden to work the ground which he has taken. This is the moment that Jesus, or God sends out Adam and he says, Now you've got to work away from Eden. What does he do? He removes Adam from Eden because of sin. But what happens? Work is still work, but it's just no longer in paradise right? And here's the beautiful thing, is that that's not where it ends. Work today is in paradise. Look at the person next to you and say, your studies and your work, it's paradise. <laughs> okay, now say it with a little bit of conviction. Like, <laughs> you're like, you're working, your studies. Why? Because, here's a beautiful piece of scripture. They, 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 when we read about Adam, he was far away, distant from the garden, separated. But now, one man's offense became another man's opportunity. Let me read you a piece of scripture. Romans 5. If you want to understand the gospel, go read Romans 5. And then you can throw away the rest of the Bible. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Read the rest as well. But Romans 5 is really good. Really good. And it says this. For by... The man, for by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Who is that? By one man's offense, who is this? Adam. By one man's offense, by Adam's offense, death reigned in the world. Then it says, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign through the life of another man. And his name is? You see what Jesus came to do? is to not just give us a ticket to heaven. Jesus came to restore things in our lives and even work. He made it so that we no longer work outside of Eden, but now we work inside of Eden. He restored what God created, that our work looks different than anyone else around us. You see, we need to understand that we need to reign in life. 
It's in Jesus, in the abundance of His grace. Yes, man, there's a piece of scripture in, in Hebrews, right? And so when I read the scripture, I'm like, it sounds so good, but why am I not there? All right, why am I not there? Hebrews 4, verse 9, says this. So there's a special rest still waiting for the people of God. Anyone want some special rest? Right? Special, y'all. <laughs> okay. Some special rest. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest. Let us do our best to enter that rest, the rest of Jesus, the rest of God himself. Now what is this rest? Is it retirement? Is it this December holiday? Close, but no cigar. Is it heaven one day? Or is it Jesus himself? You see, there are signs that show us that we're not in a good space. How do you know you're not in a good space? Well, there's a lot of things that you can test yourself with. Here's 10 really important things. Check this out. 10 signs you know you're moving too fast in life. Um, Ruth Haley Barton wrote this thing, and it's so good. It says, number one, irritability. Or like, you're irritable. Right? Who's on the edge? You can see it. People are like, I am. And if you say one more thing, <laughs> who's hypersensitive about everything right now? Okay, here we go. Same people though, I'm just saying. <laughs> who's restless? Like who can't sleep? There we go. Who's compulsive overworking at the moment? I've got to get this done. I've got to get... <laughs> Come on. Who might feel this numbness of emotion? Because everything's too busy and like, I don't have time for that. Right? (laughs) Who has escapist behaviors? I've got to do this exam. I've got to do this thing. But let me just binge some Netflix real quick. Let me just lie on the couch real quick and hope my my responsibilities disappear. Anyone? (laughs) Who... Who of you maybe feel a bit disconnected by, to God or your identity in God or even your calling at the moment? You don't feel like you're living out what God's planned for you because you're busy with stuff. Who feels like they might be hoarding energy? They're reserving that emotional capacity. So you're just like, no, no, I'm, I don't have time for anything. I'm just hoarding this. I need to keep it. Keep a chair, keep a chair, keep a chair. <laughs> don't take it further. Well, who is... As the, the allowing the, the, the slippage or the, the losing of spiritual principles. When this year started, when this year was going, man, you were engaged. You were reading your Bible, speaking to God every day. And now, hmm. And here's the thing. This isn't to try and catch anyone out. But it's the thing that helps us to understand where we are in life. And where we find our rest. You see, because, I mean, obviously as Christians, we're not like that, Right? We don't have that, right? We're almost good. We live in God's rest. I mean, we have time for everyone and everything. I mean, when you're standing at this pick and pay that has the longest line, by the way, like you could stand in this line or you could walk to Mimosa and still beat that line, I think. Anyone? This pick and pay line at five o'clock in the afternoon is ridiculous. Don't go to this pick and checking. If someone works at pick and pay, I'm sorry. But have you, you, you do this, right? Because we're Christians. We have a lot of time. We're, we're, we're spending time with God. You know, we're restful. 
is you see a line. You see there's two options in the line, the tills, right? You go, you do this as a Christian. You, you walk through the tills and you go, which one's the shortest? No, you don't. You go, which one's the longest? You see, there's, there's a young oak with like two things that he wants to just scan really quickly and then he's done. And there's an old lady with like this heap of stuff. I'm going to stand behind her because then I can have a conversation. You know, I've got time. I don't have things to do. <laughs> for, for guys like, like me, like when I drive, this happens, right? Is I, I come to a robot. Now in Bluefontaine, if there's one car standing at the robot, it's traffic. Just saying. Like that's how it works. You get there like, there's two cars in, in front of me at the robot today. It's massive traffic. Traffic jam. But when you get there, what do you do? You first do first thing. Which line is the longest? And then what do you do? You choose the? No, the longest one because you're Christian, you've got time. Or you see there's one, there's, there's like a, you know, there's this old rusty Corolla, Gushesh, that's chilling there. Yeah. And then on the right-hand side, what is this like beautiful, sexy polo, drop suspension, lights. Which one are you going to park behind? Not the Russell one, because it takes forever to accelerate. You're going to go next to that night. You want, you want the polo, the quick one, right? So you can get to your work, so you can get to your study, so you can get stuff going. Right? <laughs> but here's the thing. Is that we are so irritable, wondering. Even you sitting here, you're going, Brent, when are you going to finish the sermon? We gotta, i got to go study. i got things to do. Yo, people, are, people are like, yo. <laughs> can he read minds? <laughs> Why? Because I think that we don't understand what rest really is. What's the opposite of rest? We think that the opposite of rest is work. Why? Because every day I work and then I go and? My friends, the opposite of rest is not work. The opposite of rest is restlessness. It's not work. God created work good, remember? He redeemed it through Jesus, remember? So the opposite of rest isn't work. The opposite of rest is restlessness. Why? Because work is not the enemy. Restlessness is. Because you can be at work and be reckless. You can, or reckless, <laughs> restless, also reckless. Or you can be sitting here and be restless in the presence of God. <laughs> you can be sitting at your work or you could actually be on holiday at the beach, anyone? Huh? Chilling on holiday, and you can still be restless. Sitting there wondering, stressing, fearing. Why? Because rest is not a place. It's not Netflix. Unfortunate. It's not a holiday destination. It's not your mom's home cooking. Close. But it's not your mom's home cooking. Rest is an understanding. Rest is a place that's here. And if we understand rest, that restlessness that makes us tired, stressing. I mean, I've been on holidays. Have you ever been on a holiday? And you go on the holiday and you come back and then by the first day back, like 11 o'clock, you're like, I need another holiday. Anyone? <laughs> it's because what we're doing is we're not finding real rest. What we're doing is just carrying our restlessness with us when we go to an off weekend, when we go visit our parents, when we have a time, when we're trying to watch Netflix to distract ourselves, <laughs> we're just carrying restlessness with us. But God says, remember how he said it in Hebrews, my rest is different. 
special. Because when you understand my rest, it changes your life forever. So what's the problem, if I can put it that way? Well, very firstly to understand is that holidays is not our problem. Because here's the thing, if holidays was to fix the rest problem, then if I come back from holiday, I should be 100%. But sometimes I'm not. Why? Because holiday is not the answer. See, it's not our time off that's the problem. It's actually our time on. Our time switched on. When we study, when we work, when we engage, that is maybe our problem because we're still allowing restlessness in both seasons. So if we can understand restlessness, we can understand the picture. And there's this guy that he writes this book, The, the Ruthless, what is it to me? The Ruthless Illumination of Hurry, but elimination, illumination. That's what I said, elimination of hurry. Classic. Uh, <laughs> of Harry, <laughs> I'm joking. Of hurry, right? And, uh, and here's the thing, hurry, hurrying, uh, or this, this, this picture of hurriness can actually become the sickness within us, that we're too busy, we're too busy to do things. Oh, I don't have time for that. I can't do this, I'm too busy. Oh God, you know I'm busy, it's just a season. It's just a season of busyness. Can I tell you something? Seasons work in three months. If it lasts more than three months, it's not a season, my friend, it's a problem. Hello. <laughs> Here's the thing, it's not just seasons. It's understanding that hurrying keeps us going. This guy writes in this, in this book, The Beautiful Thing, he says that, that phones and laptops are there to make our lives better, right? I mean, they make our lives, that's what they're designed for, to make our lives better so that we can connect better, so that we can do better, be more effective, except when it's not. Because who's maybe ruling over your life? Can I tell you Your cell phone and my wife, but your cell phone. Why? Because this thing is determining how you spend time with God. It's determining how you spend your time every single day. And, and we have this picture where we thought it's about convenience, but it's not. Because now it's all about, you know, when's the next thing? How am I doing this? What's that notification all about? And here's the thing. When we have these signs of, of hurry sickness in our lives, that's when we understand that we can't spend time without being busy. Like, have you ever been early for something? Right, in a busy season, you're early for something and you stand there. What do you do? Like, I've been early for a meeting, right? And then I get to the meeting and I'm like 10 minutes early and I sit there and I go, oh, I'm 10 minutes early. I don't know what to do. Because <laughs> I'm so busy. Then what happens? Let me just answer a few WhatsApps. Let me just quickly sort that thing. Let me, because we have this ruthless <laughs> picture in our heads that we are, we're constantly busy. But here's the thing. It's, it's actually us finding ourselves actually irri irritated by delays. Irritated with that person in the, in, the, in the line that's taking forever that smart shopper card won't work. That was myself and my wife yesterday. We're like standing there, it's like this massive row. People even gave up. They went to other spaces. We're just standing there, we're like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and here's the thing. <laughs> Gotta get them savings, guys. It's a real thing. If you want to figure out how to find this rest, is you've got to understand how to connect 
and not with your phone, in a different way. Look at how Jesus does it. How did Jesus think about rest? How did he approach rest? Mark 1, 35, read this with me. It says, before daybreak, the next morning, Jesus got up, went out to an isolated place to pray. Isolated. Who's there? It's not selected, it's isolated. <laughs> I'm joking, it's not people. What? He's alone. In an alone place. And he's praying. Spending time with God. Why does he go like this? Because Jesus understood this one thing. If he wanted to, he's on time, that he's busy working, the, the things that he's doing. And, and I mean, Jesus was working, bro. That guy was busy. For three and a half years, he was trying to give people reasons to crucify him. Go read the Bible. That's what he's doing. He's like constantly going against the, the, the religion picture of that space. And they're saying like, you can't rest on the Sabbath. You must rest on the Sabbath. And he's like, bro, I'm the Sabbath. Come to me for rest. You don't need that. And then he, like, he just gives people reasons to crucify him. And they eventually do, right? <laughs> but he wins. Hey, yes. <laughs> but why does he do this? Because he understands, I have a work to do. I have something that God wants me to do. And the only reason he could keep doing that is because constantly he would retreat Find rest, not in Netflix, not in Disney Plus, because that's a new thing. In what? In his father, with him. Because he would take himself away and, and he understood this thing. He understood that he had to first become disconnected before he could become connected. He first had to disconnect before he could connect. Before he had to spend time with God, he didn't, need, he didn't need Peter around him to be like, guys, how are we going to do this thing? I don't know. And then Thomas cracking a joke and like, you know, all these guys. He stepped away from the group. Not because he's an introvert. Okay, all the introverts are like, Jesus introvert. <laughs> he's not. He's an extrovert, obviously. Come on. <laughs> but he steps away for a moment. Why? So he can find rest in God. It doesn't step away. It doesn't say, Jesus then, Jesus then isolated to a place to watch Netflix or to be on his own because he's an introvert. No, to speak to his father, to pray, to find rest. You see, Jesus disconnected so that he could start connecting. It's impossible for us to connect unless we disconnect first. I'm going to give you a little tool a little bit later how to start doing that. But why is this conversation we're having here important? Why is it important to understand this, this picture? Well, it's not just trying to live a healthier lifestyle or, or getting that hour extra of sleep so you have better zen for the next day or whatever it may be. It's not those things. You see, it's, it's, it's good to understand this because when we talk about restlessness, we need to know that our rest is found in a person and not in a place. It's not on your next holiday destination that you're going to find rest. It's not on your couch. It's not in a guy or a girl. It's not in your parents' acceptance. A bunch of different places. It's not on a weekend. <laughs> but it's in a person. And his name is Jesus. You see, your walk with Jesus, while this thing is important today, is your walk with Jesus depends on it. It depends on it. Your time with Jesus, that, that when you spend time with Him, that rest you receive, man, everything that you live life, it depends on it. And don't carry this, this picture of, of death. Carry this picture of life that God has for you. That He says, enter my rest and you will be freed.
See, as a child of God, that's where we live, in His fullness, in His rest. You see, our walk with Christ is in this picture, that when we create space for Him, when we create times for Him, these, these principles, these things that we can actually spend time with Him, that's when the things of this world grow very dim, right? The more I am in the light of Jesus, everything else grows dim. That is what it means to have rest. Is not be restless in our hearts, but be rest-filled with God. And, and how do we start doing this? Well, it's understanding rhythm. I want to ask this question. Do you like music? Anyone like music in the room? Anyone good with rhythm in the room? Anyone good? All right, all right. So can I ask, thanks, Kat, can you start a clap for us on a rhythm? Everyone can join in on the rhythm. Keep that rhythm. So here's the thing about songs. Don't go faster or slower. Here's the thing about songs is that it has a rhythm and it works. But the moment you start going too fast in the rhythm, or maybe too slow, no, keep your rhythm, keep your rhythm. Well done, give yourself a hand. Well done, well done. Do you hear how bad it sounds? Like imagine your favorite song, right? And the drummer just starts going his own way. And the, the electric player, and the, you know, maybe your jazz, you know. And, and you hear it going different ways. Does it make sense? Does it sound good? No, because it's out of the rhythm that's in place, that the artist put in place. Now, here's the thing. I think sometimes we step out of God's rhythm He has for us. See, God, when He created this world, He created a rhythm. He created that rhythm, that picture of, you know, the sun gets up and the sun goes. Seasons come and seasons go. You see, God has this rhythm when it comes to His creation. So shouldn't He have a rhythm for us? Because He created us, right? And he's inviting us to a rhythm. Now, certain seasons ask for different rhythms. The sun goes down earlier in the winter and later in the summer. In a busy season, you might have to go sleep more. In a chiller season, you might not need to sleep more. You see, in these different seasons, God is busy doing things. But we need to ask ourselves, are we in rhythm with what he's doing in our lives? And the only way that you know if you're in rhythm is if you can hear the beat. Right? The only way that you know that you're in rhythm is if you're close. If you're spending that time with Him. I'm asking a lot of questions tonight because I want to help us. See, if you're living at this rhythm, you're designed for this rhythm. But this question is, do you trust the rhythm of God's creation over your life? Do you trust that His rhythm for your life is the best thing? Yo, but I need to do this and I must do this and I have to do that. Oh, that guy asked me that I must do that. And it's, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That sounds like restlessness. That doesn't sound like rhythm. What does rhythm sound like? It's God, I'm here. God, I'm moving. It doesn't stop. Because rhythm works together with God. So I want to end off with reading you guys the scripture. Man, one of my favorite scriptures in the message in uh, Matthew 11. It says this, Come to me, all you are tired and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Rest to you. Take my yoke upon 
and you've learned from me and, and, I'm, and that I am gentle and humble at heart and you will find rest for your souls, for your yoke, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And the message explains this. It explains it so widely. It says this, are you tired? Question. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned on or burned out on religion? Right? It says, come to me. So where do we go for rest? To him. Get away with me and you will recover your life. Jesus is like, bro, you're worried about so many different things. But come to me because that's the only thing you should be worried about. It's time with me. Oh, and then he says such a nice thing. He says, I will show you how to take a real rest. Oh, just a real like, oh, so good. Anyone want that? A real, like, a, like, not a fake rest or a good rest or a, like a real rest. A real rest. Oh, and then he says these beautiful things. How do we take this real rest? Real rest. It's not doing nothing. It's doing these next two things. He says, walk with me and work with me. Because remember, restlessness is the opposite of rest. So that means... Our rest is still found in our work. It is found in our walking with Jesus every single day. You can work 24-7 and still rest. Okay, probably not, but you can. Because our rest is found in Him. And not in things or people or spaces. But it's found in the person of Jesus. And He says, why do you need to work with me? Because watch how I do it. Imagine we can do our work the way God wants us to do it that God has planned to do it. It would be so much easier, right? It would be filled with Him. Then He says, oh, this is the beautiful words. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Grace has never been forced. Grace is just a rhythm. It keeps going. Learn those rhythms. Get to it. Don't run too quick. Don't run too slow. Get into the rhythm. Some of us are working too hard in this room. Some of you haven't started studying and need to start working hard. Find that rhythm. Find the rhythm of grace that God has for you. Because he says this, I will not lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. And why? Because here's what happens when we find that rhythm. It says, keep company with me and you will learn how to live freely and lightly. Anyone want to live freely and lightly? No restlessness? Well, come into the rhythm that God has for you. You see, how do we make this practical? How do we step into this. And I'm going to put down a challenge. Are you guys ready for a challenge? Is we're going to spend time with God. That's what we're going to do. We're going to spend time with God. That's it's that simple. If rest is in Jesus, then what do we do? We go to Jesus. We go to the source of rest. It's that simple. You know that average teenager spends about 1.6 hours on social media every day. How much time have you read your Bible today? Oh, Brent, you can't ask that, man. It's Sunday. I came to church. You've been preaching for 1.6 hours. I'm joking. <laughs> Here's another thing. After sleeping, people spend their most time watching television. So the most time you spend as a human, other than sleeping, is usually television. They spend about 3.1 hours a day. On average. 
I know some of the students here are like, bro, I do that in the morning. I don't need, I don't need 3.1. That's easy. Why am I saying this? Could you imagine for a moment if your rest wasn't found in those things trying to keep you busy? This world trying to keep you connected. But for a moment it was disconnected. And for 20 minutes, 20. I know when I'm saying 20 minutes, you're like, yo, 20 minutes. 20 minutes. It's less than a friend's episode. All right? Hey? It's one minute less than a friend's episode, but it's still less than a friend's episode. And imagine for a moment you take your phone and your things. I know version is a very cool app, right? Imagine you just put that down for a moment. And you put your phone in a different room. Put it away. Put it in the cupboard. Put it far away. And for the next moment, you take out a hard copy Bible. Remember that thing that's been gathering dust on your bedside. <laughs> you take out that, that thing. And for 20 minutes, uninterrupted, disconnected from the world, you spend time with God. You read His Word. You ask Him questions. You pray. You ask Him, I want to trust for something. You ask Him, what are you saying to me? Ask him the question, God, today I have all these things to do. How should I do it? Sure, man. After those 20 minutes, restlessness no longer has space in your life because the person of rest has entered. And you will bring rest into your studies, into your dorm room, to your workspace, because this person of Jesus is with you. So can we for just tomorrow morning, that's all it needs to ask. Tomorrow morning, 20 minutes, spend some time in rest, in the person of rest, because he's the one that can give it. Does that sound good? Guys, keen? Let's pray. Jesus, we want to say thank you. Sure. Thank you so much that you don't leave us alone, disoriented and, and running around, chasing our tail, Father God. That is not our calling. That is not the work of Jesus. That's the work of Adam. And Lord, today we say we want to work in paradise. We want to work with you because if we want to understand rest, we need to know that our on time, our work is where we find our rest, not just on a holiday. Lord, I pray for all of us going into holiday that it would be such a good holiday where we can find more of you. But Father God, that we will find you right now in this space in your rest. I pray if there are people sitting here with anxiety, with fear, people that are scared, people that are overworked, people that are overthinking. Lord Jesus, I pray that your voice will come and speak, that your voice will come and bring rest. Because in you, Lord Jesus, there is no space for restlessness. There is no space for fear because perfect love drives out fear. There is no space for anxiety because we won't worry about the things of tomorrow because we have you. Jesus, I pray that you will bring a supernatural rest, a real rest, your presence in our lives right now, Holy Spirit. Will you come and drop that in us? That we know that we, as your children, never work for acceptance, but always from it. And we don't work for rest. We work from it, from the person of rest, who is Jesus himself. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services.